is Anna Modine, and Hannah Henson is not with us tonight. She had a conflict, but a Jesus conflict, so really, we can't even be mad. So, anyways, uh, tonight we have Christian Shea on the podcast, and Christian, I'll let you just share a little bit more about yourself and who you are. Hey, everybody. My name is uh, Christian Shea. Yeah, I'm, uh, I know Autumn through um, the church here in the Bay Area where, where we met and through some mutual friends. Um, we kind of met going to Echo Church here in uh, San Jose, um, California, and uh, and yeah, you know, I'm from the, I'm uh, I'm from San Jose area, you know, originally, you know, kind of born in uh, born in San Jose, grew up in a little outside of the Bay Area in Tracy, California, for those who know it, um, and then I moved back to San Jose a few years ago, gone to tech sales, and uh, just been uh, got connected up to a church and. You know, through that, I kind of met uh, Autumn and some good community and friends that uh, had that chance. So that's uh, kind of, I guess, how we got here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think to just take a couple, step back, a couple steps back, if you can share more about just that journey, because you said you grew up in Tracy and then moved to the Bay, now have awesome communities. So you can just dive into a little bit more about that and specifically about your faith. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a big story. I, um, so I was uh, born in San Jose, moved to Tracy when I was about five. Um, and, uh, I grew up in Tracy. It was a great town. You know, it was only like, you know, I think it's, uh, it's kind of small comparatively to the Bay area, which has around like 7 million people. But Tracy, when I first moved there, only had like 50 to 60,000 people back in like 2001, 2002. Um, and now it's at like 90,000 people or something. It's grown a lot you know, by 50% over the last like 20 years or so. And it was a great place to grow up. Um, I kind of grew up, uh, my parents are Catholic. So I grew up kind of with that, um, that kind of very structural faith-based background. But me and my brothers, I think like we kind of grew up not understanding like kind of the value of church and like what it brought. So it was kind of funny because I'm the eldest of three kids um, three boys. So pretty rambunctious <laughs> household. Um, but it was pretty crazy. Cause it was like, we, we did all the stuff, the confirmation and everything, but I don't think my parents ever sat down with us or like explicitly told us like what the value of going to church was, you know? And, um, that was like, so that kind of resulted in me and my brothers every Sunday <laughs> fighting with my parents <laughs> and being like, whatever we can do to not get dressed up to go to Sunday mass, you know, that was kind of like the Sunday debacle. Um, so, so faith wasn't really like that big of a deal for me when I was growing up, but it really wasn't until like I got into a relationship in high school where um, that partner at the time, um, that girlfriend was like really involved in church and like faith. And so because we had a relationship for a couple of years, I actually really got involved with my faith, but it was really because I was dating her, not really my own in the Catholic faith, but um, it wasn't until after, after high school, after that relationship was over, that I really felt like in college, I had finally had a lot of freedom. I finally like had a job and I was finally like in a place of like, you know, I need to figure things out for my own because my parents didn't really have, they didn't really push faith on us that much. But it was kind of just like there wasn't any more guidance from there on on that aspect of life. So it was really interesting because going into college, like I actually 
met um, met one of our friend, our mutual friends now, Autumn, uh, Will Thompson. <laughs> yep. Will um, Will Overby Thompson now, if I'm saying oh, that yes, correctly. Oh, yes, good correction. Good correction. <laughs> <laughs> um, sh- shout out to William. Um, I actually met him in like 8 a.m. econ class. And um, to be honest with you, like I had never really met, um, I never really met that many Christians. And looking back now, it's kind of funny because I had a lot of friends who were Christians in high school, but I had no idea they were Christians. And I had, I had good relationships and, and grew up around them and we had similar values, but they, no one like invited me to church really or anything like that. So when I met Will, um, he told me he was a Christian and what was so cool about meeting Will, he's a few years older than me, but um, you know, he was just as extroverted as I was. And he was kind of the first person that made me feel okay with kind of being that way. And like, he just, I think because of who he is, he really just allowed me to be myself. And so we connected and like, we in that way. And then like, I was kind of like, dude, like, why, like, why are you so full of life? And then he's just like, cause I got Jesus, bro. <laughs> and I literally was like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and um, that kind of led him to invite me into this college group that he grew up in, in Pleasanton. I went to Las Positas Community College in Livermore. Um, Pleasanton is like a really like close nearby town, like 10, 15 minutes away. And um, I had worked there and like, you know, went to school there for three years. And so I really got plugged into the community that he introduced me to. And it was this college group that I never went to church. I actually like I used to be a marketing supervisor for like 14 Costco's, 10 Home Depot's, constantly working every weekend from Friday to Sunday, like open to close, like in Costco from 9am to like 6pm or like, you know, basically, you know, to 830, nine o'clock sometimes. Essentially so, grinding. You were grinding. Yeah. I was, I was still up. Full- still up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was really crazy because uh, I was doing full-time school. I was commuting from Tracy. So it was about an hour, 45 minutes to school um, and same to the job. And then um, it was, it was like that. And then uh, what ended up happening was that school, work, full-time job. Um, in addition to that, I wasn't able to go to school on Sundays. So what was really interesting about that was that um, I never had a chance to go to church. I never had a chance to build that community, right? Therefore, I had to use this college group on Thursday nights as my foundation to go and build kind of my faith and my relationship with God. So it was a really interesting time because I really, I was kind of forced to own my faith because nobody, like nobody was forcing me. Nobody was asking me questions. I had no accountability. You know, I got into a relationship that wasn't really very biblical in college. And, you know, so I was constantly going back and forth between like kind of what is right and what is wrong. And it wasn't until like I was able to get a desk job where I really kind of dove into my faith. But fast forward there, that ends up moving me to San Jose. So um, that's kind of like kind of the bare bones of what like kind of started my faith development. But um, funny enough to um, actually missed a part. There was a very interesting experience that um, that gave me an interesting taste of faith because it was the end of my freshman year in community college. 
I was a part of a cult for a little bit. And yeah, I did you know that, Autumn? I don't know. I don't know if I knew this. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you did share it in your testimony yet. Yeah, so I do tell. Well, now I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always I sometimes I forget about it because it was such like a it was just a summer. Um, and I know some people kind of be like, oh, a cult. Like, what do you mean a cult? You know? And so I uh I kind of like like to give like some background. It was kind of like these kids on campus, like who were our age going to the school, like asked us to do Bible studies, like different people. And it was funny because they had asked me three times. So the first two times I was like, nah, I'm not interested. And then the third time I was really getting curious about faith. I really wanted to learn. And I had been going to this college group, but like, it wasn't like daily community. You know, it wasn't like um, I'm seeing guys every day and talking about faith. So what this cult did for me, which I really appreciated, was they sat down with me and they taught me the Bible you know, and they were doing biblical lessons and everything. And, you know, the reason why I say it really was a cult is because they were encouraging and really enforcing, like, like meeting up every day to do a Bible study. Um, like you were ashamed if you didn't come to Sunday service or Wednesday midweek, or um, there was like always a Friday hangout at the park. So like, because it was so small, that like they needed to like enforce and encourage all of these people to um to what's it called like show up at, like to all of their events um because it was about the community and it wasn't until the point where they at the end of the summer so like everything was good like i really now knowing what i know now like i definitely believe like the holy spirit was in um sorry the cat is trying to jump into the like open my door i don't One, know i didn't know you had a cat and i was thinking i'm not I'm like, supposed what to is that is a roommate so, trying to get on it it's what is yeah happening? it's um it's joel's cat so shout out to uh, joel walker um joel, your cat is trying to get onto my podcast yeah my podcast but um, <laughs> the podcast <laughs> um but uh yeah so no just to fast forward it real quickly basically like what ended up happening is that like they kind of like have people mentor each other and so there was a 16 year old kid and they were just like Christian, you know, I have been kind of avoidant because I'm like getting some feedback from my other Christian friends to be like, bro, are you part of a cult? Like, you know, I was try- starting to get that feedback and I was like, I don't know. And I was baptized through the cult, like all this stuff. And what ended up happening was that, what's it called? Um, they wanted me to like force me to be accountable they wanted me to start mentoring this 16 year old in faith. And I was like, bro, I just became a Christian like four months ago, (laughs) like, you know, like two months ago, basically. And um, you want me to like start leading this kid. And I was like really extroverted. Like I dealt with people. So I knew how to talk well. Um, And so I said, no, I like, I don't feel like that's ready. That's something I don't want to take on. So like my friend went to go tell the pastor and the pastor came and talked to me at like a Friday, um, like a Friday barbecue thing. Cause that's when I like turned it down and he was just like, you know, I know you're really invested in your job. You know, I know you're really like kind of prioritize the, the work and school, um, thing, but like, you know, like, I think it would be really good for you to take this opportunity. And, you know, if you're, and I was making like good money. Like I was making around like maybe $20 an hour and I was 18. 
So like I was like hustling, you know, I had, a, you know, made not just hourly, but plus hourly. And um, so like I was making good money. And but basically he offered me a job because this is kind of how he controlled the people in the cult. He offered me a job refing basketball on the weekend. And that's how he employed all the people who built the church like during the week who fished for people like at malls and at schools and all this stuff. And I did that. So it was like very unique experience. Um, but what was really crazy was that he was just kind of shaming me into being like, and kind of giving me this opportunity to be like, Hey, how would you feel about making 12 bucks an hour on the weekends? So you could be more committed to this church. And I, and I was 18 at the time. And this guy's like 50, like 50 something. I looked at him in the eye after thinking about it for a second. And I was like, that would be a complete step backwards in my career as a young professional. And I would never consider, you know, that offer. He looked at me and he was just like, I, his face basically said, like, I cannot believe this 18 year old child just said this to me. Didn't say a word, walked away and never talked to me again. And I literally, I quit the cult the next week and like all of them stopped talking to me. Like, I was like, guys, like after that experience with this pastor, wow. he didn't use the Bible. He didn't use Jesus. He didn't quote scripture, you know, like to get me more invested. You know, he just was like, let me see if I can control you financially, you know, by, by funding your, your life and like having you be committed to this church. And so it's, it was a really crazy experience, but I was really grateful that they sat down with me and taught me the kind of the basics of like the teachings of God or teachings of Jesus, like in the new Testament. So Sorry, that was a long story. I didn't. I don't even know how we got there. That was a very interesting story. I don't think I've ever heard that cult story that I can think of. So, wow. One, first reaction. Two, something that came up when you were talking was church trauma. And because a lot of people have dealt with that. And I would say a big reason why a lot of people aren't Christian or, or have stepped away from Christianity is something related to church trauma so yeah i'd love for you to just dive into that a little bit and because now i'm sitting here like how did you decide to stay a christian like after all of that it's like yeah how do you walk through something like that and realize like that wasn't god doing that like mm. that was a human who you know is sinful and all these sorts of things so you can just yeah. talk a little bit more about that i think a lot of people would be really it would be that really is helpful. a great question um, and I think it's a very important one for sure. Cause I think that there are a lot of normal people who have had those experiences with people. And, um, I think first of all, like, I think first of all, what's really important to know is that, you know, at the end of the day, like I had to realize these people are just people, you know, they're, they're just humans, you know, and they're doing the best that they like knowing what I know now, I know that they're doing the best they know how, you know, to spread the gospel, to get other believers to it. And, you know, I knew a lot of guys in that church who were not the lead pastor and who were very biblically based and teaching things based on the Bible. And like that community and those relationships really helped me understand what it was like, what it meant to be like a godly friend you know have a godly friendship and everything and i think that like in terms of like the trauma like 
you know, like, I don't know, like I am grateful that I had a strong enough personality to stand up to a leader like that and have those boundaries. I think that trauma is often developed sometimes with people who may not have strong enough boundaries to push back, you know, because like boundaries isn't like a church thing or a Christian thing. Boundaries is a life thing. And I think that like, no matter if you have a faith or not, like boundaries are necessary to develop healthy relationships with yourself and with others. So I, I'm just, I'm just grateful that I had like strong boundaries in that moment to not like kind of be kind of nudged on. I wasn't so naive. Maybe um, I did my research. Maybe I had people in my corner who kind of like helped me understand and like, it's okay if those things happened, you know, like, cause I was naive about a lot of things, um, especially at 18. But I think that like the, the most important thing is to make sure you carefully make these decisions. Like don't make any important decisions quickly, especially like tithing, especially all of these things. Like those are biblical, but like, make sure that like you understand how that works and why you're doing it, you know, before you go in, because I mean, even tithing, they were pushing tithing so much because they knew I had a good job, you know, and I made good money and like, they're a small church. So it's like, Christian, you better tie, you better tithe. And I was just like, I don't know why you guys keep talking about tithing all the time, <laughs> you know? And um, it, it's just kind of very interesting, but I would say that like, uh, I, you just have to take it slow. You just can't, um, there's a lot of things there that like the relationships were strong. Um, and that's what kind of helped me understand that these people are just people. I, this like Christianity is not represented by a handful of like a few handful of people like Christianity has a billion plus 2 billion plus people involved in it. Everybody has a different way of communicating. And I think that being in sales helps me understand that because I know that being in sales that like. Um, in the Costco stuff, like I kind of like to give an idea of what I do to like people like who are listening. If you ever gone to a Costco and seen those Sunrun people trying to sign you up for solar, like I did that, but not for solar. I did it for window coverings. So like I've talked to hundreds of people every weekend at Costco for three years. Like that was my job, and I said hi to as many people as I could, and that's kind of like how I built my skill set. But because of that experience with people, like I would have customers come up to me and be like, hey, I talked to your coworker and I didn't really like what they said. And so, and then I, they enjoyed talking with me. And so I was able to kind of make that sale or set up that appointment, kind of how that worked. So it's just like, even though they're having an experience with the same company, they're having a different, an exper a different experience with the same, with different people. You know, so it's not necessarily there's different representatives for different things. And I think I understood that going to sales. And I don't know if a lot of people honestly get that, um, you know, because, yeah, I don't know how to frame it for people, maybe people who aren't, yeah. aren't in sales. Does that make sense? I feel like, no, I feel like that's a really good analogy, though, in terms of kind of like your work and how you've approached it or your experience versus with Christianity or attending different churches, because I think that's something that maybe being Catholic growing up, it just was such a turnoff oh, yeah. for so many people. And then they found a non-denominational church, you know, they bring coffee into service and yeah. all these things. <laughs> people are like, what are you doing? 
there's and a lot of freedom out, in Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. And figure out that like, oh, wow, I completely identify with this. I don't feel judged because I think that's a big mm. thing. If you feel judged, you're going to walk out the door, you know, and not want to yeah. be there, which I think just to speak to some of the things you experienced, like, I like, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sorry for a lot of people who have had to experience church trauma in ways like I've experienced it myself, but I think realizing of how to work past that is just people do make mistakes and people do Mm -hmm. sin and the right church or a church that's right for someone might not be right for another person. So figuring out how that relationship with God can form. And I think that's a really important part of my faith journey is just taking that time out to carve my relationship with God so I can hear his voice in terms of like how I hear him speaking to me and not the audible voice, but the guidance and the peace mm. of like, this is how I feel God the yeah. most. And if I can go to a church and if something isn't quite sitting right with me, I can discern like, do I believe that? Or have I known that to be true based on my time I've spent with God? And I think that's something that for people who are Christians that, and even for myself, like I need to do this more. So I'm not saying like, oh, I do this all the time, but I think yeah. just spending time with God and building your relationship on your own to then go to church on Sundays. Yes, you're filled up. Yes, it's great. But one day of the week is not going to sustain you for the entire week that you need to be filled with God. So yeah. I think that's a good reminder too. And just between worship and prayer and all those other things that can sustain that relationship and build that relationship is super important yeah no I completely agree and what's interesting is that you know that cult experience was a great experience because it helped me understand like how community works and how it should work because they did have a healthy community um but maybe just not healthy practices on getting people to stay you know get (laughs) people connected right I mean at the end of the day like the weird thing was that knowing now what the Holy Spirit like really feels like, I know the Holy Spirit was with them in that day and mm-hmm. when I was 18. And that's why I stuck around. Like I really did feel like God was present there, which yeah. just goes to show, in my opinion, that it doesn't matter how people share or get people involved in Christianity, as long as people feel that God is with them in the process. Mm-hmm. you know um because that's important for other people's stories maybe in different ways um obviously better and more honest and not like deceitful tactics than <laughs> than like that but uh but yeah yeah i think something you did mention is just in terms of community and how you saw that built in that specific community and i think that's a value that both of um you and myself share is just how strong community is and having a strong community is so, so important. And if you just want to speak to what you did at Echo, that would be great. And yeah. just share of how God has used you to help build community. Yeah. Well, uh, no, this is a perfect transition because after that cult and, you know, after kind of transitioning into a desk job and actually having a chance a few years later um, to move into inside sales. Um, the company I work at now, um, I think it, it, a lot, it freed up my weekends, you know, to kind of have that experience. The office ended up moving to San Jose and I had a two hour commute from Tracy, um, each way. So I was spending about on average three to four hours on the road every day. Um, for seven months, I did that. 
And so I looked for opportunities to get involved in my church because I was there and doing that. So I started serving in the student ministry. And um, what was really interesting is that when I was serving, I was serving with a lot of people who were older than me. And I, I had some roommates that were in their like late 20s and I was only 21, I think 22. Um, so like it was weird because like my community was built in to my serving. And then what ended up happening was that I stopped serving and then COVID hits six months later. So I end up going home back to Tracy and I instantly kind of was put back into a place where I had my old high school community. I think anybody who's ever been to their hometown after college, like understands that like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally right now. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause you're in, you're in Minnesota, right? Minnesota, land of 10,000 likes, not for much longer, yeah. but, but yeah, I, completely relate but continue you're on yeah. roll. and i think that happened to a lot of people in covid like if you wanted to move home you had the chance to spend the time with family but i think that was really valuable for me because i'm a very extroverted person so like i was getting by on my relationships um in 2019 um prior to covid but i, I and like having multiple people in my life and everything but I don't know if I truly experienced what community was until after I came back from COVID, like what a true godly community was. Because when I went back to Tracy, I, had to, I was forced to slow down. I was forced to stay home. I was forced to not interact with people. And what helped, that helped me like understand a very like important concept. Because I really think there's two skill sets in relationship building. There's the first skill set, which is having that opportunity to meet new people, build, start new relationships. That's a skill set. A lot of people, that's a very tiring thing for a lot of people, but I'm extroverted. So like, it was very easy for me to do that. But in introverted people are actually very good at deepening relationships because to deepen relationships is the second one. Um, meeting, uh, so meeting new people was easy for me because I was extrovert. And um, I know sometimes introverts, that's going to be very exhausting for them. And so for the second one, though, is what in, ex, introverts are end up being better at, which is deepening relationships, because they don't want to go through the effort of making more friends. They just have very, very strong, close-knit friends. And I was not good at deepening relationships because of how extroverted I was. So during COVID, I learned what it meant to slow down and deepen relationships. Um, and I think that part of that maybe has to do because I'm an Enneagram three. So like I was constantly go, go, go type of mentality, exactly like a lot of the people in the Bay area who are just so go, 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 um, you know, job work, you know, family life, relationships, all that stuff. Um, and in church, like you're serving, you know, you're, you have your full-time job and like all of this, um, all of the other like fun relationships on top of that. So um, after coming back to the Bay, in 2021, I had made a commitment or like, I kind of had an understanding of like, man, like I don't have community here, you know, like I don't have it as much as I, I feel like I need to. And so that kind of started a process of me talking to the echo leadership, um, shout out to Felipe Santos at echo church, um, and kind of developing a deeper relationship with the leadership. He was the executive pastor at the time. 
he's the lead pastor now doing a great job. And um, he kind of like kind of mentored me and sat down with me and helped me understand, you know, what it would look like to build a young adult community in the church to help these people post COVID get reconnected. Because even though people had to go home, be separate, like if you know the Bay area work doesn't stop, (laughs) you know, I think that like meeting your deadlines doesn't end just because COVID happened. Right. A lot of people change the way they work, but it doesn't necessarily mean you work less for a lot of people being attached to your computer at home mean meant you work more <laughs> because you couldn't necessarily have that separation of church and home. I'm sorry, church and home, work and home. So when I came back to the Bay Area, my goal was to help people who are moving to the Bay Area, which a lot of people move to for jobs, and they have no community. And it's very kind of difficult to get into a community where no one's eagerly trying to welcome you in. Um, And so I kind of worked to establish like a young adult group. I had some leaders and that summer of 2021, um, I had started with a handful of group and leaders and um, we started a Tuesday night community nights, kind of young professional and young adult community nights where every Tuesday we would have some icebreakers and we'd play some games or we would have um, a speaker come in um, every other week to kind of give us a testimony. And then we break out into small groups. And so it was a lot of fun, a lot of energy. And it like, what I've often seen is that, and from a lot of conversations with people is that when people come to a church, they get kind of thrown into the big, like, this is a big church, you know, a thousand people, 500 people, 5,000 people, you know, it's a big community. And a lot of times they take that big church and then there's like, okay, let's get you connected into a small group. And it's like, whoa, like, where was my transition? I don't even know anybody. And I'm going from being a random person in a big church to jumping into a small group, an intimate small group of like maybe eight to 12 people. And it's kind of awkward if like, I don't really vibe with them because I'm just a small, it's such a small community you know, and it's kind of like, you've got to go through that awkward phase. And if like, you can't find the right group, you just jump around between churches and all this stuff. So like what I had thought is that you need a medium sized group of people that you can meet in your community that you can develop friends with and find out who you can have a good relationship with. And that's what I started. That's why I started the community nights to give people that opportunity to make friends and meet new people. So that once you make a friend, it's like, oh my gosh, like, are you a part of a small group or anything? It's like, yeah, I'm a part of this one. You should join me, you know? And then that way you're getting involved in the community, a small group community and environment with people that you actually like and want to build a relationship with. And I ended up leading that ministry for a year. And um, it was like a summer season, a fall season, then a spring season. And um, it was an amazing and amazing time. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it's really funny. I based a lot of my ministry off of three, three things, a book, um, called rooted. Um, did you, have you read that book autumn? Yep. That's one of my words of the year. So rooted, oh, rooted. celebrate, but yeah, I did read that book. It's a really good book. So I'll have to give a little book recs, uh, summary at the end, but so far we have the book boundaries, which people should read and the book rooted. So if you're looking for some new Definitely. books, read, check them out. Yeah. So rooted, I had read that book and it really inspired me. 
to kind of set up my ministry in that way um, of like kind of like the three. What's really cool about this book, um, and I'm just going to do a brief summary. So like, you know, so those people understand is that like kind of basically the book goes through the three different soils that you need to be in to be the um and like this book is not gospel, right? <laughs> but this is just what the book says. And I kind of took that and ran. Um, and so you can read the book, interpret it however you want. But like the three soils I thought were really good. It's the soil of intimacy, which is your personal relationship with God. The soil of serving, uh, meaning that using your gifts to serve God's kingdom. Um, and then three, the soil of community making sure that you are involved in a life-giving godly community. And I think that a lot of churches emphasize having that personal relationship with God and then also like being involved in the church. But the aspect of community is so nuanced based on the culture and the environment of where the church is, as well as like what the season of life you're personally going through. So like to match those season of life with how you build community and how you get involved in community can be very difficult for people because um, it's a moving to a place for a job, which I'm sure a lot of people have experienced is a very, it's a very difficult thing to do, you know, because you're oftentimes dealing with loneliness. You're dealing with, you know, work expectations. You're learning, you're trying to get to know the area you're moving, you're trying to buy furniture, you know, you're trying to be like, what's affordable, what's not you know, what part of the city do I want to live in? Like, you know, and you're trying to make all these decisions and you don't even really know the place you're moving to. And so in addition to all of that, you're like, and I have no friends. So what do I do when I have free time? Um, it's funny because I've known a lot of people who get pets when they move out here because they're just like, community is so hard. I think I'm going to get a pet. Um, when, uh, I mean, I personally am not, like the biggest like pet person uh because i'm never home so i feel like i would neglect it but like i know a lot of people do that and that's totally okay um but i think that like if churches and maybe in general like people had these groups like this group to walk into it'd be like this is a group of people my age people i can connect with we're going through icebreakers so i'm forced to interact with them like that would be a perfect place for people to grow their relationships and through the ministry you know, ended up getting to at one point, like 60 people, you know, um, coming every week. And it was just, it was an amazing time. And my leaders did an amazing job. Like they sacrificed so much, you know, by showing up early, staying late, helping set things up um, and close things down, but also being intentional by leading people in small groups and like helping them get deeper in their faith and building those relationships. And, you know, I think that's something that we all need to look for like if we were ever to make that transition, it's like, let me make sure that I can do my best to find a group and a community that I can be a part of. Because that was the difference between me, like probably, I think that's maybe not for me because I was, I wanted to feed that and I knew I was going to stay in the Bay Area. But I think that was the difference for a lot of people coming into the community being like, I don't know anybody. I want to make friends. And because of this group, I was able to meet a lot of my closest friends. Um, and I, it's crazy that all of the friends I spend time with today were people that I met through running and building this community. And it's, it's been an amazing blessing. And I don't know, it's, I, I, I don't know where to go from there, Autumn, to be honest with you. No, <laughs> that's kind of like good. the experience. 
That's good. It's like a really good summary on Christian life and everything in between. But I guess before we actually close out, do you want to share about your relationship status and everything about Camilla? <laughs> yeah. So Camilla, my fiance, um, I know she's uh, she's amazing. I man. So in the midst of so this is like for all the people who are uh, you know in relationships and and stuff. I guess like just a little bit know about how this came to be is that I was like in the middle of working full-time and running a ministry, not part-time at church, completely volunteer. I wanted to kind of prove to people that you can run a ministry in addition to your job, you know, and use your gifts for the kingdom. Anybody can do that. I wanted to be an excuse eliminator for that. So fast forward, after six months practically, I think of running this ministry um, or like five, five months or so um, I was involved in the community. I was connecting with other churches, like getting my, the people in my echo community to be involved and get to know other people in the church community in the Bay area. So there was a big group of like other churches, also young adult groups getting all mixed together. There was something that someone, one of the guys hosted in the community is called a wine night. Um, so every, wine night and we people just hung out and there's a lot of christians just mingling and meeting each other which is really fun and really awesome and it's very casual so i ended up going and building a relationship with the hosts and a lot of like other leaders around the churches in that community as well as having a chance to meet people and i wasn't dating at the time either i went on like a season of singleness because i wanted to kind of be an example in the community to be like if i'm a church leader like and I'm like the guy, like asking all these cute girls out that show up to my group every week. Like it's going to allow my people on my team to just ask out all the cute girls too. And it's going to create kind of a hostile environment of like girls, maybe not wanting to show up because they feel like people, the, the guy leaders are just there to date them. And oh, that's yeah. completely bad. Definitely like, experienced that before. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's really bad because yeah. like, to be honest with you, like, Women and men both need a strong community. And just like I wanted to make it not okay at first and kind of lead by example of being like, I am not going to date or just ask out all these cute people. I think Christians really need to focus on friendship first because that is what's going to allow you to understand if that person really is a Christian like you. And really see like if they are somebody that you can see yourself being with. Um, and I think those are really two things that are allowed to happen when you have a friendship and prioritize that friendship first. So um, fast forward, meeting Camilla, I, I met her at a wine night, you know, we kind of, uh, she kind of caught my eye from the beginning. Um, I, yeah, she walked in, I, to wine night, alone I kind of got her a glass of wine and kind of introduced her to some of my friends and everything and showed her a little bit of the house and she was like I think she's been on the podcast and shared this story but she was uh she was like uh I love your place it's so it's so nice here and I was like oh I don't live here <laughs> and then she was like what and uh I had just been such in a host mentality because of like how I serve that like I just took ownership of the space and just kind of presented that and helped people make helped people feel welcome in that space. And she actually really values hosting herself 
So like she really like kind of liked that, I think. And so that kind of led us to kind of starting and building a relationship from there. And um, it's been an amazing time. We've been dating for only, I think in a few days, it'll be uh, in a couple of days, it'll be 10 months. Um, we got engaged after nine months of dating. And uh, she's just been such an amazing, amazing person, uh, very committed to her faith and uh, serving at another church locally that I've now made a transition to. And yeah, Camilla has been helped me become a better person and a better Christian for sure. And, you know, I think it's like strong communication, all that um, is really important there. But uh, yeah, she, we're getting married in South Africa because she's South African. So wild. Um, That's awesome. And isn't it crazy? This is so cool. Um, we're getting married in, in May of 2023. So we're really excited. And I think that, I think that just like that season of serving and that season of singleness really helped me focus and prioritize my faith and my friendships, which allowed me to be in the place to find the right person or to be the right man for that woman when she came into my life. And so when she came into my life, I was the man I needed to be for her and for God. Um, and I truly believe that like God blesses you in a relation with a relationship, with the right relationship, when he knows he can trust you, um, with another person, you know? And, uh, I think that's something I had to tell myself is that I needed to be patient, you know? And, uh, and, but when I found her, it was, it was our relationship. I mean, everyone has hiccups, but, um, our relationship has been pretty smooth the whole way because we prioritized having the same values, talking about where we're going in life and understanding like, you know, how compatible we are and the things that we enjoy doing. So she has been such a blessing in my life. And I'm so, I'm just so grateful. I'm so excited to, you know, get married and everything. <laughs> yes. And I'll just say that talking about everything we've already talked about, but staying in community, that's been something that we've prioritized because we started dating our significant others around the same time ish um mm -hmm. we started just going on triple dates with um oh yeah ella and her boyfriend alden as well and just creating that tight-knit community and we would have these conversations of just like all right where are we at you know how are things going and just yep. being really open and honest and then also just living life together i think definitely helped us all kind of recognize of like okay like we're in this together and we don't need to figure this out alone this new season yeah which has been super, super helpful. So just finding those yeah. people. And I think that you can definitely speak to it all on that, you know, dating in community, like, like not because there's, I've heard it said that like, once people in community start dating, they kind of like leave the whole community and start doing their own thing. And then once it falls apart, they both end up coming back, <laughs> you know, to the community. And it's like, that is not conducive, in my opinion, to like a good, like biblical relationship. Like, I think that to get to know your significant other is also to spend time with them around the community and around others. Cause you will learn more about them through their friends and how they treat others, not just how they treat you in private. And I think yeah. that helps to keep a lot of people like safe too. Um, mm -hmm. And not get jaded and, and not, you know, kind of get blown out or like kind of dismissed from a community. Um, yeah. And I would say and that's, that's why it's a red flag yeah. too, if people are kind of drawing you away from that in terms of 
oh, just yeah. not wanting to, let's say you start dating someone and they're going to church and doing all those things. And then all of a sudden they stop doing that and you realize, oh, yeah. hmm, we're you doing that for me or for God and yeah. focusing on just identifying of like, no, even after that, it's so important to stay in community and whether that's the same church or not, or you guys find a new one together, just continuing yep. to grow with each other. I think it's really key that uh, you just have to, you have to kind of make sure that your foundation is actually your foundation. Cause there are a lot of, to be honest with you, a lot of guys um, who will do the whole church thing, you know, just to get a church girl and then behind closed doors, they're not a real Christian. And I know Camilla has mentioned this with me before, um, you know, and I know that other girls that I've talked to, like in the community, have also seen that actually happen before. And I, you know, I'm a guy, like I get it. I've been there, you know, I've been that guy before too. But I think that getting involved in community, having that accountability and like truly showing and proving that like, you're not just doing this to get a girl like you're doing this like you're kind of staying in community you're having a relationship with god you're going to church and you're serving because you have a strong faith and i think that the right woman will be attracted to a strong faith not not just that you serve and go to church you know um agreed. and vice versa right agreed 100 percent. and i will say i've also experienced that and it causes hurt so just make sure you're the person that you're looking for is looking for and becoming that person of just mm -hmm. continuing strong faith and yeah i don't know there's been so many good things we've talked about tonight and I really yeah you coming on and we could just keep talking and we could make a whole nother podcast so i guess we'll have to have <laughs> we probably and, could we'll have to have both you and camilla on the podcast together i think that'd be Ooh, really a couple a couple chemistry and dynamic is it's so fun, but it's kind of funny oh, yeah. when you started talking about the story of how you met. It's pretty much spot on from what she said. So that's really cute. You guys have a dad, yeah. but <laughs> she's, she's great. She'll definitely, you guys will probably enjoy listening to her a lot more than, than me when, when we come <laughs> back on. So I pride myself on that. I'm glad I'm dating up. So there you go. Um, what, what are you doing? Oh, I, you're I'm marrying raising, up. No, you're raising oh, your oh, standards. Yes, raising my standards. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Alrighty. Uh, uh, well thank yeah. you so much autumn for having me on i really appreciate it and um i think you're doing this podcast has been amazing so i think it's uh, i've learned a lot from it personally and i hope that you know listeners can learn from our conversation here and a little bit of my background and you know i hope that we can all jump on in the future and maybe do another one yeah definitely and i guess before we close out do you have an instagram handle probably knowing you your LinkedIn profile, uh, <laughs> but whatever you want to promote or share on the podcast, go for it. Um, I think that, uh, I think my Instagram would be best. I'm not on social media anymore. I stopped once I started dating Camilla. Um, but my Instagram is, if I remember correctly, it's christian.shay. Um, and it's C-R-I-S-T-I-A-N dot S-H-A-Y. Uh, a lot of people put the H in there, but my name mm -hmm. does not have the H. Correct. So, but yeah, find me on Instagram. And then you probably won't even respond ever, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to you when I get to you. That's Fair that's enough. my promise. That's, what that's I told the Christian Shay guarantee. 
No, that is what I told Arthur when he first asked me for my Instagram because that was the first like ask of how to get a hold of me. And I was just yeah. like, well, I'm not on Instagram, but right now I'm on a fast, so I'll get to you when I get to you. And he found a way to, <laughs> to get my number. But <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. Uh, but anyway, so uh, if you like this podcast, feel free to leave us a review, subscribe, and follow us at Raise Your Standards Podcast. And then her solo account is Automodine and Hannah underscore Henson one, I believe. I always mess it up. I'm pretty positive that's what it is. So, so uh, 